The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Indeed, it is uh, 7.06. Welcome to it, the Wednesday night edition of the Employment Law Show. That means you are part of it, as always, 416-870-6400 is the way to call through. You make it better, you make it more interesting, and you make it even more live than it is. This is a live call and show, of course, so don't be bashful. Pick up the phone and call with your employment law questions. And uh, whether it's COVID-19 related, temporary layoff, or anything else, bring it on. That's why Lior is here. That's why I'm here to take your calls give you the information get you down the right road to some education in the meantime by the way you want to go there pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is the website wrapped up in there as well as a severance pay calculator but there's so much more knowledge to be had there at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca absolutely free and anonymous it's like an employment lawyer in your pocket on your phone at all times and you want to send an email along tonight would love to get to some of those help at employmentlawyer.ca it is just that simple we're going to get around to understanding what is the duty to accommodate if you're not familiar with that uh, particular language we'll clear it up for you in the next few minutes but my brother the week that was what's been going on for you this week hey john uh, all is well you know this is kind of the dog days of summer now we're into to august and usually in my office in a normal year this would be kind of a slower time you know people are away and and not as many questions asked in you know september things goes crazy usually but uh, not this summer. I- I'll tell you this. I've been getting as many questions as ever or more than ever, questions, emails, uh, calls uh, about employment law, layoffs and terminations. Uh, obviously, it's the sign of the times, COVID uh, being here. Many people's jobs have been impacted. So that's why this show is now more important than ever. Uh, if you've ever had questions about employment law, you probably have even more questions now. So don't be afraid to call right now with your questions about your job security, about your layoff. Maybe you haven't been called back to work. You want to know how long do I wait? Can I do something? Maybe you're staring at that severance letter. Company says, sorry, we have to let you go. Is what they're offering you appropriate? Did they even have the right to let you go to begin with? All that and more we can answer right now. Call us. Take advantage of the fact that we're here for the next 40 minutes or so to answer those questions. But let me tell you about some things that came across my desk. And the first thing I'll tell you about, John, has to do or or is a reminder about the dangers of temporary layoffs. So I spoke with a gentleman that back in March, like many other people, was laid off temporarily. He was called back to work in June, went back to work, uh, thought everything was going to be fine, but business didn't pick up as the employer wanted, and very recently, within the last week, was laid off again temporarily. Called me, and he wanted to know, well, Lior, what do I do now? It's, it's getting bad. I can't afford another temporary layoff. So here's the thing. When he was laid off temporarily the first time back in March, he had a right to treat that as a termination. He did not have to accept it. He could take severance and move on somewhere else. He chose not to do that. Okay, sure. He went back to work. Well, the problem with that, because he did that, he's now considered to have given his employer permission to lay him off again. Now it became a term of employment. So now when his employer laid him off a second time, just recently, he can't do anything about it because he let it happen the first time. So now he's stuck. There's nothing that he can do. And if he does get called back to work and he works for a while and then they lay him off again and again, he won't be able to do anything about it. He's in this limbo. 
That's why when you are laid off temporarily, you at least have to understand that if you accept it, if you don't do anything about it, you may be putting yourself in a difficult situation. You may be compromising your legal entitlements, especially when you give your employer the right to do it again. So he could have gotten severance, now he can't. If you're laid off on that layoffs that started in March, you want to think, do I now want to accept this or do I want to say enough is enough? I'm going to get my severance so that you don't give the company the right to do it again in the future. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, too, because we've often said on the show when it comes to your common law rights, which is what we're talking about uh, when it comes to your full severance and so many other things uh, as you're an employee in this uh, this workforce, you start off with a full glass. You can contract your way out of stuff, but you start with a full glass. That's when it's most robust. So you want to get in on this while it's still possible because, like you said, now the guy can't do it. There's one more thing that he cannot do that he could have avoided, right? This is a very good way to put it, John. Absolutely. You start off when you're working with an entire host of entitlements. You have a bucket full of entitlements. But through things that you do and say and sign, you may give up some of those rights until there's very little left in that bucket. So that's why it's important not to make any decisions without getting some advice. Be careful what you do and say because you may be giving up rights that you may not even have realized that you have. You have a lot of rights. Don't give them up. 416-870-6400. 416-870-6400. Callers, always uh, great to have on the air. First priority, Sandy, thanks you've, uh, thank you for standing by. Mm-hmm. How are you? Good. How are you? Fantastic. What's, uh, what's on your mind tonight? Okay. Um, so I'm a frontline healthcare worker in a GTA hospital. Thank and you very much. I, yep. Yeah, I downloaded uh, the COVID app that the government would like mm-hmm. us all to have. And um, last night I was getting ready to go in for my night shift, and I received a notice that I had come in contact with somebody with COVID. So I um, immediately called my employee health uh, department at my hospital, and the guy kind of didn't know what to do with me. And he had me on hold for seven minutes and came back and said, no, you cannot work your shift tonight. You must call in sick and come to the hospital and be checked right away. So I let them know I was calling in sick and the reason why, and I asked my supervisor at that time, am I being paid tonight? And she said no. So I went and got tested. I called my manager. I'm happy to say I'm negative. My manager said she would look into it, and they've gotten back to me and told me no. I'm not being paid, but I may take a vacation day if I uh, would like to do that. Is that fair? Now, Sandy, first question, sorry, are you part of a union? No. Okay. So uh, does your employer have uh, paid sick days? Yes. So why did you talk to them about taking one of those paid sick days? They won't allow it. They won't allow it. Why won't they allow it? I have no idea. I plan to write a letter to the president of the hospital, but I wanted to have some backup when I write my little letter. So... You, you asked me a question as to whether this is fair. Now, the yeah. answer to that is, no, absolutely, it's not fair at all. But I think that the, the other question that needs to be asked is whether it's legal. Those are different things. Yeah. Legally speaking, they're not required to pay you. Now, that said, if they have a sick day policy, uh, th- they can't just apply it arbitrarily. So an employer is not required to have a paid sick day policy. What they are required is if they implement it, if they have one, they can't just decide, you know, haphazardly, you get it, you don't get it, we'll, we'll trigger it when we feel like it. They have to apply it consistently and in a way that makes sense. So I think that's your angle here. There's a sick day policy here. Uh, it's not appropriate to apply it in a way that if I can't 
can't work because of, of a potential illness, that I'm not going to get paid. Legally speaking, there's no law that says you have to pay uh, someone if they're suspected to have COVID-19. Uh, but I would address this with them on a basis of fairness, on the basis of the how the uh, sick day policy is applied. I think that's your best approach. Okay, because just one more thing to add. I do have to sign a waiver every shift I work when I walk in the door to say that I have not had contact with any COVID patients and that I am symptom-free. So every right. shift I work, I have to sign that waiver. And they tell us that there will be consequences if you lie. No, absolutely. You cannot yeah. lie. Absolutely. And, and unfortunately, though, the law doesn't implement a, a requirement to pay someone in this okay. particular situation. They should from a fairness standpoint. Uh, so I think that's the best approach to talk to them in terms of fairness rather than in terms of legal obligations. Okay. Thanks very much. Thanks, Sandy, and uh, appreciate all the work you do as a frontline worker. It's uh, greatly appreciated by all of us. Stay safe, please. If you want to uh, follow uh, up afterwards with Lior, a member of his team at the firm, no problem. Here's how you do it, Sandy. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. That would be the email address. And the phone number anytime, one 821 5900 We're going to keep going on down the line here. Pete, thanks for standing by as well. Uh, welcome to uh, Wednesday evening. How are you? Very good, thanks. So, you know what? It's a perfect opportunity. I was stuck in traffic, and I thought, you know what? I have to call in. I'm a Beautiful. union president for a municipality. I'm not going to mean that. We're running into oh. a few different issues. The biggest one we run into, everybody's going back to school, or the majority of our kids are going back to school in less than three weeks. We have what they call an attendance support program. I'm going to make the long story short. Any of our employees who have a respiratory illness at home and we get paid and we don't go on our attendance support program that our municipality has put in place. I understand that. But I've asked a question and they don't have an answer to it yet. The question is this. Say any of our children get sick at school. They end up having COVID. They're sent home to quarantine. Say you're a single parent. The town doesn't recognize the fact that they're going to pay us to stay at home and take care of our children yet. They're, they're insinuating that we might have to take vacation time or no paid leave. I don't think this is fair. You're right. It's not fair. But again, as I was telling the previous caller, uh, it, there's... They, they can't let someone go. They can't punish someone if they have to stay home with a, with a sick child. But again, there's no legal requirement to pay the person uh, in that situation unless, of course, there's a, there's a specific plan that's been implemented under the collective agreement or, or, or otherwise. But the law doesn't allow or, or require an employer to automatically pay someone if you have a child that, that needs, to be, uh, needs to be home. The law says you can't fire this person. Uh, you, you can't penalize them, you can't demote them or, or, or do anything to them, but you also don't actually have to pay. It's an unpaid leave of absence that the law provides, and, and the only way you can get paid is if there's a plan, if there's a term, if there's an, a contract with an employer that requires them to pay. So really, we, we have no recourse. We really can't combat this at all. Uh, my biggest fear is that it probably will happen, and let, hopefully it doesn't, to somebody at some point in time, in the workforce, and I just don't want it to be, become an issue where if the South finds out that's the way it's going to be, I'm fearful that they're not going to be honest with their employer, with our employer, and tell us or tell them that one of their kids is 
contracted COVID, and they're going to try coming to work. But anyway, that's my two cents, and I just wanted some clarity, and I, I thank you. Thank you, Pete. Appreciate it, Pete, and enjoy the rest of your evening and uh, safe driving home. Bob, I see you there. We're just going to get you hang on the line for a minute or two while we take a short break, and we're going to get right back to it. Uh, you can call as well. That's how you do it, 416-870-6400 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back indeed. 721. We'll keep it going here. The Wednesday night edition of the Employment Law Show. Monday night, Wednesday night, weekend shows and Employment Law Show on TV, Global TV and CTV on the weekend as well. We are all over this. 416-870-6400 is the way to call through. Bob, got to uh, thank you so much for standing by. How are you? I'm fine. How about you? Great. What's on your mind? Good. I'm uh, I'm a 74 year old uh, commission sales agent. I work for the same company for 34 years, and just recently they filed for creditor protection. And I'm just wondering whether or not there is anything that I am entitled to uh, under these circumstances or not. Um, as I said, they've have paid my commissions and continue to pay them, uh, even though they're they're sporadic and they're only uh, working off an in stock program. But in any event, I figured I'd better ask the question and find out before uh, I, I pack it in completely. So, uh, Bob, are you currently still working? Yes, I am. Yeah. Okay. So, well, if when, I, when I say I'm still working, I work in seasons, and uh, the season that I'm working now, I'm uh, sell uh, sell men's clothing, and uh, they have uh, the, the show that I go into normally has been canceled. So I'm I'm at home at my home office, but I still take calls from customers, etc. Right. Okay. So when a company goes into uh, creditor protection, essentially all their liabilities and, and debts are frozen for a period of time, including anything that they may owe you or any severance or any out of the compensation that they may owe you. Now, when they're in creditor protection, one of two things will happen. Either they'll be able to restructure, reorganize, come out of it, continue operating, in which case their obligations to you start at that point, or they're going to end up going bankrupt, in which case you're not going to get anything. Right now, there's really nothing that you can do either than to, to keep an eye on things and see where do they come out. Do they come out out of this fine, continue to operate, or do they come out bankrupt? Uh, so whichever it is, obviously, hopefully they come out of it. At that point, any outstanding commissions, they'll have to pay you. If they let you go, they'll owe you severance. After 34 years, you're easily going to be owed two years' pay. But that only happens if they come out of this. If they don't come out of it, then the bad news is, uh, Bob, you're not going to get anything, or, or at least you're going to get very, very little. Okay. Well, that's what I was thinking is that uh, how long does it normally take for it to go through the process of the, uh, the protection hearing? It's a few months. Sometimes it could be a month. Sometimes it could be six months. It's somewhere in that range uh, before uh, before we know which way this is going to go. So I'm best off just uh, keeping in touch with the company and, and uh, finding out what the lay of the land is. Exactly. And if you're not sure what's happening, you can reach out to me off air. I, I can find out more information about exactly what the status is, etc. But for now, you're kind of in a holding pattern until this credit protection issue is resolved. Bob, appreciate your time and good luck. And uh, the number, if you want to reach out, by the way, one eight five five eight. 
800-621-5900 is a way to do that. Moving on to uh, to Bill. Hi, Bill. Thank you for standing by. Good evening. How you doing, boys? Good, sir. What's uh, what's on your mind? Uh, quick question. Uh, sixty. I'm 65. I've been with a company 35 years. Uh, it's a multinational company, financially strong. Uh, we're going through a restructuring now. My plans are uh, help help keep my health in mind. That I, I plan on work till I'm 70. Um, when I started this uh, in this with this company, we had virtually no sales. We'll do 100 million dollars this year. Um, so with COVID, we're we're looking to restructure, and I guess. I believe there's a package coming my way. I don't know what it's going to look like, and I guess what I'd like to get is an understanding of what it should look like based on on what I've given you. Great question, uh, Bill. So I'll tell you exactly what it needs to look like. So it needs to include two years of pay. Uh, And and by two years of pay, I mean if your pay average or, or, or fluctuates, it's based on your average, let's say, the last three years. Whatever your income was in the last three years, that's what you're looking at, two years of that. Now, uh, it also has to include any bonuses that you would have uh, normally received. If there's any other components, car allowance, uh, benefits, all those have to be included for a two-year period. Now, with respect to a bonus, let's say you you, you get, just I'm using an example, a $10,000 a year bonus. Well, 24 months, that's $20,000. So two years of bonus, two years of everything that you would have received. The, the easiest way to, to figure this out is simply ask yourself, would I have received something if I work there for two years, if the answer to that is yes, then it has to be included as part of your package. So anything less than what I've just described would not be appropriate for you. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, it does. And I promise you, if they come with less, I, I will give you, you'll be the first one I call. Perfect. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it, Bill. And you probably got the number. You sound like you do. one 821 5900 when you're not uh, on the show calling in, but to call in here. And now, 416-870-6400. Move on down to Nikki. Hi, Nikki. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We're uh, we're rocking. What's uh, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I work at the pharmacy part-time. And I used to, before COVID, I used to work around 15 to 20 hours a week. But then since COVID, they've cut all my hours and now they're only making me come in for two hours to work wow uh are you a pharmacist i'm not the pharmacist i'm the cashier i see so so actually that that's illegal to have you come in just for those those two hours not to mention that that they don't have a right to reduce your hours in such a significant way so bottom line is you have a choice you can choose to continue and see if things get better do they improve but you have a very short time to make that decision because the second option that you have is you can treat this as a termination. That reduction in pay is a termination. It's a constructive dismissal, and you can get severance. Now, Nikki, how long have you worked there for? Um, a year and a half. And, and how old are you, Nikki? 20. So you'd be looking at about two months' pay is, is what severance would look like for you. Uh, so you can accept this, continue working, and see what happens, or you can choose to leave with severance. If you want to leave with severance, give us a call. The problem is you have to make that decision soon. I'm saying in the next few days. Anything beyond that, you're going to be considered to have accepted this hour reduction, and then you won't be able to do anything about it. So in the next few days, you have to decide whether you want severance and to move on or just continue working and, and see what happens. Okay. And you, I can't, like, write a letter now to tell them that they were supposed to pay me up till three hours and all the days I worked three hours? Like, I can't get paid that now? 
Well, you, you, you can, uh, and, and you should. The problem is what happens if they don't, right? And it's yeah. not just the three hours. It's the fact that they shouldn't have reduced – even if they had reduced it to three hours, they shouldn't have reduced you from 20 hours to three. They're not allowed to do that. So so there's – to get that extra hour is probably not going to be that difficult. Where, where you need help, if you choose to do that, is to get your severance. So okay. if all you want is that extra hour for that, if they won't pay, you can file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. To get your severance, you can't do that. For that, you have to give us a call so that we can uh, we can help you uh, get that payment. Okay. And also, there were new owners. So during COVID, the old owners sold it, sold the the pharmacy to new people. So does that make a difference for nope. the time? Okay. Not at all. Nope. No okay. difference whatsoever. Nikki, appreciate the call. You want to reach out uh, further, 1-855-821-5900. But uh, for the remainder of our time here, we got open lines. We, uh, we're ready to take your call as well, 416-870-6400 is the way to do that. Mike, thanks for hanging on there. Good evening. Hi. Hi there. Yeah, I, I've i been uh, working with this company for 15 years. I never get any, uh, like, a vacation pay. They told me that I wasn't entitled to. Anyway, in December, I retire because I'm 71, 72 year old, and I get nothing. So, in terms of retirement, if you retire voluntarily, the company doesn't have to pay any compensation or any severance. But obviously, they have to pay you your vacation pay, and you could potentially go back two years to recover vacation pay. So. What you need to do, because the the only issue here really is the vacation pay, you should file a complaint immediately. And I, I don't mean like next week. I'm saying tomorrow with the Ministry of Labor because you can go back two years. So every day that you wait is another day that you can't get compensated, right? The, the, the two years go back from the day that you file that claim. So you need to file a claim with the Ministry of Labor. You can do that online. If you have any problem, let me know. I can help you. Uh, so, so they didn't owe you any any severance after your 15 years because you you decided to retire, which is fine. But of right. course, they owe you vacation pay. That's illegal. And the moment you file that complaint with the Ministry of Labor, they'll back down and they'll pay it. So it won't even be a, a long battle because they they would have no defense to that. Okay. Do you understand? Thank you. No problem, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate that. Just want to let you know if you have any uh, trouble moving forward, you can uh, reach out to uh, Lior. The email address we use is help at employmentlawyer.ca and the phone number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. There's all kinds of information to be had as well at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That website is absolutely free. It's anonymous, so you should check it out at your leisure. John, thanks for uh, thanks for calling in. How are you? I'm good. And you? We're uh, we're good. What's uh, what's on your mind? Uh, recently, my wife, well, a couple of weeks ago, and she's been doing about calling somebody, and I figured I'd call and get asked this question. She recently, she was at her work for like three and a half years, three three and a half years. She was on uh, light duties, shirt her thumb, and when she got her letter, finally got her letter from light duties, she got laid off either the permanent laid off the day after or the day following that. Where does she stand in that? Did they give her any particular reason as to why she got laid off? Well, they basically said that uh, they were restructuring and her job was eliminated as such. And the timing just happened to be when uh, she got hurt. Well, is, that's well, what they're saying. Letter saying. Well, she got her letter saying she could go back to her regular duties. Then that day or the day following, they let her go. And how long has your wife uh, worked there for? about three and a half years okay 
So let, let's talk about the, the – well, sorry, one more question. Did they offer or pay her any severance? Yes, they did, but she didn't sign it. How much did they offer her? How many weeks or months do you know? Uh, I think it was – I'm not 100% sure, but I think three weeks per year. Okay. So first of all, the first issue is the reason they let her go. Clearly with that timing, it makes it absolutely look like they let her go because she had that injury, because she was trying to come back to work uh, after her injury. And if that's what they did, well, that's, a, that's a human rights violation, right? Well, she was at work. She was What's that? at work working. She was at work working. Yes. But she was at a, she was on like uh, modified duty. Sorry. Right. Light duty. And when she got her letter saying she go back to her regular duties, which she was doing her regular job anyway, they let her go the day after. Right. So if if the reason they let her go has something to do with the injury or the modified duty, that's a human rights violation. So right off the bat, with that timing, it, it makes it look that way. So we need to deal with that and investigate more and see, for example, if she's the only one that was let go at that time, clearly there, there's something else going on. If there was a bunch of people let go at the same time, well, maybe it was a legitimate restructuring. So So we need to look into that. The other thing uh, the second thing is the amount of severance. Now, how old is your wife? Uh, she's 40. Uh, so she probably will be owed about four to five months pay. Could even be as much as six months pay. So if she got less than that, then she's been wrongfully dismissed and, and she's owed more compensation. And that's even if the reason for letting her go is legitimate. So number one, we want to deal with the reason because there could be a human rights violation here. And number two is the amount of severance that they offered her. If what you said is right, that they offered her three weeks per year, that's not enough. So, uh, John, the best advice I'm going to be able to give you is have her give me a call so that I can discuss those two things with her and help her get what she's owed. Okay. Now, how much time does she have from the time she's let go from work to actually call you? Like, is uh, strictly like speaking, she has, she has two years uh, there's a two-year limitation period, but listen, okay, I'm well, not, I, I, there's no point waiting for that, right? I, I'd, I'd rather speak to her much sooner than that. So pocketlawyer.com, she'll get your number? I'll give it to you right now, John. It's uh, 1-855-821-5900. Again, one 821 5900 and pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is where you want to go. Moving down to, uh, to Luch. Hey, Luch. Good evening. Hey, how are you? Hey, good evening. How are you? Beauty. What's uh, what's going on with you? Uh, so, oh, hold on a second here. Let me turn off my radio there. Copy that. Hi, how are you? Good. And we're back. What's up, Luch? Right. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I, second time uh, using your – I used your services one time, and I uh, was very happy with the end result when I was uh, – let go from my previous employment, but that's not why I'm calling here today. I have a general question to ask about a friend, and uh, I don't have all the details, but I'll try to paint a picture for you, and then you can kind of tell me what uh, what you think. So I have a friend. She was a um, accounts payable representative. Uh, she was with the organization for about uh, 19 years, almost 20 years. Um, never had any issues whatsoever. Um, during COVID. Or before COVID, you know, she had her she had her manager. She was working; everything was going great. Uh, then COVID hit, and everybody was asked to kind of work from home. So she did. Um, while she was at home working, working, uh, working from home during the COVID period, 
she got a new manager, and apparently there was some history with this with this person. I'm assuming um, when they started to come back into the office, um, literally her desk was all all the desks were were kind of reconfigured throughout the office, and her desk specifically was was positioned in a way where it's kind of off in a corner facing a wall. So when she walked in and saw that, she was like, well, what's, you know, I can't, you know, I can't stare into a wall. Uh, asked to kind of move the desk around, not necessarily back to where it was, but move it away from a wall and, and not stare at a wall, stare at a window and, or other people. Ultimately, long story short, uh, uh, she was denied the request. And basically, an ultimatum was laid saying accept it or, or walk. Um, basically, she, she resigned. Um, and uh, now she's, she's unemployed. Um, and I was wondering, is that uh, some kind of constructive uh, dismissal or anything along those lines? So it's a great question, Luch. And then ultimately, it comes down to whether or not this was embarrassing. What, what they've done with the desk, was whether it created an embarrassing situation or not. So I would need some more details in terms of how big a space in there, how many desks, uh, you know, was there other options, etc. But if they did that to embarrass her, if it was embarrassing, she's in this corner uh, facing a wall, everyone else is properly seated, then yeah, it would be embarrassing. And then clearly it would absolutely be a constructive dismissal in that situation. If it's not as embarrassing, it's not a big deal, she wasn't so happy about it, but it wasn't that big a deal, that it's not a constructive dismissal. So, you know, the devil's in the details here. Uh, so I, I would want to know as much as possible what actually happened, the layout of the workplace, etc. So I would have your, your friend call me. Uh, you know, no one should just put people in the corner. That's not right. And I will then, uh, based on what I discuss with her, I'll be able to assess whether that's a constructive dismissal, but it absolutely could be. Okay, perfect. That's that's uh, that's what I thought. Thanks, Luch. Appreciate that. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That's right. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now, four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Lee, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Oh, good evening. Um, we're all trying to survive through this COVID cooties. Um, I'll, I'll try to condense it for you. I've been five years at a clinic, and I work one day a week, about seven hours every day for the last five uh, years. And I like it there. And they told me, I told them in uh, about mid-March that I wouldn't be coming back until this dies down because the workplace is fine, but I was concerned about public transit. They said, fine, you won't get fired or anything. And I haven't been fired. And just in good faith, I've kind of kept my hand in calling my supervisor because I'm friendly with her about every two weeks. And they haven't said, you know, you're fired. They say, you know, we'll be glad to see you back and everything. But I don't know whether that's going to change. And I was hesitant to return to work in case we get a flare-up in the fall with all this stuff. So I thought, leave it the way it is. If you don't know what to do, don't do anything. But the, one of the previous callers was saying about vacation pay. And because I work small hours and my pay is kind of small potatoes, I don't really take notice of vacation pay. And, and so my question is, if they end up saying, well, you've been gone for so long, we've made do without you, you're, and I'm retired uh, technically now, I'd just be keeping the job for like a supplement to my old age benefits and to get out of the house. But say they let me go or whatever, um, what would I be entitled to if I've worked one day a week for the past five years? So first of all, the first thing I'd want you to do is I'd want you to send an email just confirming that they've agreed 
that you're able to stay home until you're ready to come back to work and you're not going to lose your job. Okay. Because the reason why I want that is, strictly speaking, you not going in, even though you have legitimate reasons to be concerned, could be considered a resignation. Yeah, so, I was worried, yeah. Right. So, so, but if they've confirmed that, you want to send an email confirming that in writing because that way, if they do at some point say, well, now you can't come back, at least at that point, that's a termination and they have to pay you severance. Now, in terms of what you're owed, if they do let you go, you've been there for five years, I guess you're saying? Yeah, I make about $420 a month gross. It's very oh. small. So you probably be owed about six months pay based on what your average earnings are. So if you make $450 a month, that times six months is what you'd be owed. Now, in terms of vacation pay, yes, you should be getting vacation pay. It's 4% of your earnings. So at a minimum, it has to be 4% of your earnings. So uh, if they haven't been paying vacation pay, then that is a problem. That's illegal. That's something that they're required to pay. Uh, so you, you, you'd you want to check with them or check your stubs, pay stubs to make sure that you've received that. Regardless of whether you work part-time, one day a week, one day a month, at a minimum, vacation pay is 4% of your earnings. They give me, um, excuse me, they write out like a, a personal check and then they give me some kind of statement that shows, you know, you're paid bi-weekly and this is what we took off in deductions. But there's nothing on that page that says something like, you know, vacation pay or anything like that. Well, then ask them the question. I think it's it's a legitimate question because they may be accruing it and waiting to pay it to you in a big chunk, but they can't avoid paying you your vacation pay. Uh, in, in, in the ca case when you work as little as you do, the easiest way to pay vacation pay is to simply tack it onto every check. So you've earned this much plus 4% vacation pay. We're paying you a total of this. Uh, oh, okay. So you really need to discuss that with them because, you know, over five years, 4%, yeah. that, that adds up, obviously. Yeah, and, and, and I have no way of looking at what the, the paper that they give me, whether they've done that or not. And, you know, I, I, don't even, I haven't even thought about it until I heard the previous caller talk about, you know, you were saying severance and vacation pay and anything yeah. that an employee would normally get. So, yeah. I guess so, that would include the vacation pay. I haven't even looked into anything like that. So the first thing I would do, uh, Lee, is I would send the, the email saying confirming that they've agreed that you can be off work uh, on, a, on a leave until you're ready to come back to work. So number one, mm. once that's agreed to, follow up then. Uh, just wondering about, I, I noticed that I don't have any vacation pay on my pay. Can you let me know uh, what is owed to me? So oh. you have to deal with that. I will do that. Thank you very much. And I, I just want to add, I, I was at a company years ago that was just um, just a terrible place to work, but it paid very, very well. And so I stayed uh, for about six years when it was really hell on wheels. But uh, anyways, one time I, I said, um, oh, I'm just curious, um, I, um, with this, what severance or whatever I would get, Excuse me. And the supervisor turned around and said, do you realize that I could fire you on the spot for even mentioning the word severance in a sentence, even as just a question with no intent shown or whatever? And I thought I didn't know that. Is that true? Yes. In the sense that you can be let go for any reason or no reason but they would have to pay severance. So if, he, if you're asking about severance and he lets you go because of that, that's fine. He can do that, but then he has to pay you severance. So, and if you had been there at that point for six years, again, depending on what job you were doing, that could have been eight or nine months pay that they would have owed you. So, so yes, you can be let go for not doing anything, but the company must pay you severance. So if he's trying to avoid severance, letting you go is not the way to avoid paying you severance. Okay. Yeah, that, that that really clears it up. I'll have to clear that up with where I work as well. With yep. 
part-time job. Thanks very much. Thank you, Lee. Thank you for your time, Lee. Appreciate that. Hope it uh, cleared everything up for you. And uh, you want to reach out to Lior now that we're wrapping it up for the night. Really, really simple. Here's how you do it. one 855 821-5900. That would be the number, 1-855-821-5900. Write that down. The email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you simply go to employmentlawyer.ca, you'll find uh, past shows and links to our TV show as well. That's always good to tune into, 30-minute uh, edition of what we do here on the radio for the last eight years. And always the website you want to keep in mind, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Tons of information up there, absolutely free and anonymous, but there is a contact button if you want to carry forward from there pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you again next time in the Employment Law Show. Stick around. On Point Returns. Alex Pearson coming right back on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.